Thank you for tuning in to the 116th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, whether it be via SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Thank you for tuning in. Going to have a great show. Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. Going to talk a lot of college football with Ben. Get the uh, his opinions on the college football semifinals. Oklahoma, right last week we had Oklahoma versus LSU. That crap show, uh, what it ended up being. Clemson versus Ohio State, one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen personally. Preview for the national finals in college football. Clemson versus LSU. I want his take on Lincoln Riley, uh, potentially being a coach somewhere else. Oklahoma, should they even still be in uh, the college football playoffs with how bad they've looked the last couple of years. And we're going to talk some NFL topics. So it's going to be a really interesting interview. Really interesting when I get to talk to Ben about football, particularly college football. You're going to want to stay and listen to that. Now, here's what I want to start with, right? Because so many things are going on right now. Uh, everything comes to an end. And sometimes it's hard to see the end, right? You're in that dark tunnel and you're driving. It's like there's no one inside, but then the, the light the light comes out, right? You start school. I always talk about this, right? The decade, right? Started in middle school, and then you see there's no one to sight to school. I hate school. Then it's all out. I'm like, damn, I'm going to be a senior and graduate college. Like, it's, it's almost over. Like, it happens like that. Snap of a finger. And it might not feel like that, but it can happen. I've said this before on the show. I made an uh, amendment to myself. Daryl Lane's personal rules about sports. There's there's one big one. Never doubt against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. Freshman year in college, I see them losing 28-3, getting whipped by the Atlanta Falcons. The game ends. The Patriots win in overtime. Tom Brady has a game-winning drive. GOAT. Fifth Super Bowl ring. I don't doubt against Tom Brady after that. Part of the reason why I've said, Drew Brees will fall off the cliff before Tom Brady does. It's because of that undying faith and belief because of what I've seen, especially as a Bills fan, seeing them dominate the division for the last 20-so years. But even that has to come to an end. The greatest dynasties. Golden State Warriors came to an end. Kobe and Jack Lakers came to an end. The triplets of the Dallas Cowboys, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, came to an end. The Murders Row Yankees with Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth came to an end. The Core Four Yankees with Derek Jeter, uh, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit came to an end. Dynasties come to an end. Remember when we watched the Titanic? Remember when you watched the Titanic? And I know the first thing you think of Titanic, you think of Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, playing... um. Uh, Jack, and then there's another a woman playing Rose, right? Think of the love story. But you know what I, I always think of the most interesting part of it? The Titanic was supposed to be this great ship that wasn't supposed to sink. It was supposed to be the state-of-the-art ship money can buy, transporting the most wealthiest men and women in Europe to the United States. 
You know what happened? They're like, let's go faster. Let's go faster. The ship can go super fast. Let's go faster. You know what happened? They went so fast, they run into an iceberg. And you know what happened a couple hours later? At the bottom of the Atlantic like that. A snap of a finger in the bottom of the ocean. You see, you can keep making excuses for the Patriots. Um, Tom Brady's going to be clutching the playoffs. Bill Belichick saving his master plan, but it's like, you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. They lose to the Dolphins when they can have home field by a second seed, which is so important, which has been so integral to their postseason success the last decade, right? The Patriots go to the AFC Championship every year because they have that by. They always win at home in the divisional round. And they lost that game to the Dolphins. Tom Brady threw a pick in the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick drove the ball down the field for a game-winning drive against the stout Patriots defense. Not typical Patriots. Let's even look to this year, other moments this year. Get blown out by the Ravens. Can get dominated by the Texans. Lose to the Chiefs. The best teams in the AFC. Hmm. Their best win on the year, the New England Patriots? My Buffalo Bills. And most of you out there think the Buffalo Bills will lose to the Houston Texans on Saturday. You see, what have you seen from the Patriots to make you think that that ship, that Titanic, that behemoth, state-of-the-art organization, state-of-the-art quarterback, state-of-the-art coach, that it won't sink and end up in the ocean when they play this weekend? They're playing a Titans team that's hot right now. I know Ryan Tannehill has historically not done much to give you faith, but he's playing well right now. He's playing better than Tom Brady is. Tom Brady has no weapons. Everything comes to an end, even greatness. Remember Michael Jordan? Air Jordan, Duncan, against Dominique Wilkins in the slam dunk contest? Dropping 60 points on Larry Burke, calling him God? There was another Jordan. He played for the Washington Wizards. It's something people try to forget. Everything comes to an end. Rome fell. Egypt fell. Some of the greatest empires and dynasties of American history have fallen. It's the Patriots' time, and I think it's going to happen this weekend. Yep, I'm saying it. And I could be wrong, and you could all laugh at me. But Brady, Belichick, it's over, folks. At least for this year, assuredly. I got the Titans. Now I want to say this, right? So apparently Jason Garrett is going to get fired, even though the Cowboys, and I really thought this was interesting, they haven't released like at a press conference or official report hasn't come out yet at the time we're doing the podcast, right? There's been a report, though, from Ed Warder that it's going to happen. There's other been reports that uh, Jason Garrett will in all likelihood be fired. But this is really interesting. I want to tell a story about this because I was thinking about this, and it's so weird. But, but you know what? I, I have a friend, right? Because you know how uh, the Cowboys, they brought Jason Garrett in for three interviews, I mean, for, for three meetings. And we all kind of know that he's going to get fired. The Dallas Cowboys were 8-8. Eight and eight. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones thought the Cowboys could be a Super Bowl winning team this year. And they ended up mi missing the playoffs in unspectacular fashion. But they keep parading him around, bringing him back in for another meeting, another meeting, another meeting. And it's like, why would you do that? Just fire the man, give him his dignity, and go on your way, right? 
But hey, I'll tell you a story, right? I had a friend. A really good friend. I still talk to him today. Um, and he had a girlfriend, right? In a relationship. Similar to how Jason Garrett's in a relationship with Stephen Jones. You know what he did? He went to break up with her. How Jerry Jones kind of wants to break up with Jason Garrett right now, but they had so much history. You know, they had the, the good times. You remember the good times, the fun, the sex, the the, the, the greatness. You know, you know the, those memories, those fond memories, the ooey ooey gushy moments, the good times, right? Times that make you laugh. He was like, ah, let's just keep putting it off. My friend kept putting it off, right? Kept putting it off. Eventually started texting less and less and less. You know, Stephen Jones, Stephen Jones, Jason Garrett. You know. Shots to the media saying this, saying that about Jason Garrett. Reports, Urban Meyer potentially a candidate for the job during the season. Reports, Lincoln Riley's a potential candidate for the job. Now people are talking about Dan Mullen, right? Consistently putting out little, little feelers, you know, just letting everybody know what's going on. Like my friend did. My friend kind of started distancing himself. Then my friend started going on Tinder. Got a Tinder gold, right? While he's still dating the girl. And then now, actually, recently, about a week ago, he finally broke up broke up with her. But you see, that whole ordeal, it probably took about a couple months, really about a couple months, two to three months, for him to finally say, I'm breaking up with you. I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to do new things. I want to experience new things. Because it's never easy to break things off, right? And you can make an argument with my friend that it was awful right it wasn't the best thing in the world and this is not really a good look with what Stephen Jones is doing right now and Jerry Jones right to Jason Garrett you've had a relationship with the guy and you're kind of bringing him back and making him think maybe 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 and it's like no it's not going to happen but you know why it happens sometimes it's hard to say goodbye right sometimes you always want to keep the door open can we make this work and it doesn't eventually end up working. Now, cut up next, after the break, on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen on the show, host of the Sports Gobbler Podcast. Cut up next, after the break, on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my good friend, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. You can check him out on SoundCloud. How you doing, Ben? I'm great, Daryl. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Now, Ben, you have to tell me, you have to tell us all, how, how was your New Year's? How's it just been New Year's? I had a great New Year's. Um, I went out, I was actually playing chess on the uh, Phoenix Chess Academy. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. Had a great time at the tournament, and I a little bit of football as well, which is always good. So you spent your New Year's playing chess? I did, yes. Did you win? I got second place. Okay. Oh, so you're a pretty, you're a pretty good chess player. Yeah, well, if I played a little bit better yesterday, it could have been first. But, you know, <laughs> um, I guess I shouldn't complain too much because it could have been worse. I understand that. Now, quickly, Ben, before I ask you any questions, because we have a lot to talk about, especially college football, I want to ask you this question. The decade's coming to a close. Uh, and, and I kind of summarized the decade. I was talking about this last show, you know. For me, right, the decade started. I was in middle school. The decade's ending. I'm in college. So that's like a lot of life experience. For you, the decade, a little little bit different time span for you. So just talk about your memories of this last decade. 
Well, I think the last decade to me uh, signifies a great deal of personal growth. Um, at the start of the decade, I'd just gotten out of uh, undergrad up in Vermont. Uh, I traveled um, to Texas and I went to graduate school, Texas A&M. Had a chance to really experience um, a completely different culture and earn uh, my PhD in school psychology. Uh, so that was really exciting. And then just, um, you know, a lot of various things have, have uh, transpired, you know, even since then, just getting married, um, getting a home, moving out to Arizona, uh, getting into a career. Uh, a lot of really exciting things. I'm just so blessed as I look back on, on this last decade and doing everything in my power to uh, make the coming decade um, just as good, if not better. Um, I know my wife and I are expecting a child, so uh, that's always exciting. Oh, I didn't know that. Congratulations, Ben. Yeah, thank you, man. July. Oh, I'm a July baby. July 12th. I see why most, most, uh, most good people are born in July. <laughs> oh, we have some breaking news on the podcast. I love it. Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> Breaking news. Anonymous sources tell me Ben Karen is going to have a have a child in the coming months. <laughs> Name that source. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good one. Now, uh favorite sports moment of the decade. There's a lot of good ones, but I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan and there is nothing better in my opinion than watching them win the Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, so the blowout. So the blowout. Okay, that's your favorite moment of the decade. That's your favorite moment. Well, of the I, hey, you know, I'm a fancy hot fan since I was about, you know, 10 years old. What can I say? I can't help myself. That's true, and I believe that was the playoff run where Richard Sermon kind of screamed out at the game uh, talking about Michael Traftree, right? Yes, that was the NFC Championship. Okay, okay. That was really the Super Bowl that year, but that's a whole other story for another day. And last question on this whole decade stuff before we get into the real meats and bolts of this. Best athlete of the decade. A lot of people are saying LeBron James or Tom Brady. Who do you got? Or do you have a third name? Well, I, I think it should be uh, Steve Williams. Who? Say that again? St- Steve Williams? Serena Williams. Oh, Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Oh. Serena Williams, if we look at the last decade, and even decade plus, has probably been, you know, one of the most dominant athletes in her sport, period. Not taking anything away from LeBron or Tom Brady, I think those are excellent candidates as well. Um, but I, I, I think it's got to be Serena. Interesting to- interesting name. You know, that's something I didn't think you could have very well go with Serena Williams. Obviously, the best tennis player on the woman's side and not even close for the decade. Now, what I do have to ask you, right? Uh, didn't she win the Australian Open while she was pregnant? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. That, that is a very impressive athletic feat. Very impressive. Yeah. Gotta go with it, man. Now, Ben. Right, so me and you... Both college football fans were watching the game last week in the semis. Uh, and you talked to me about, you know, after the Oklahoma blowout, I believe we were talking during the Ohio State-Clemson game. We're texting back and forth. And you tell me, Daryl, this is why we don't need expansion. 
And I believe this is when it looks like Clemson is about to get blown out by Ohio State, right? So just kind of rephrase that point for everybody. If you have any new listeners, anybody else, just rephrase that point. Why should we not expand the college football playoffs? Because most people at large want the college football playoffs to be expanded. Well, I looked a lot at uh, some of the points that Joe Platt has made publicly. Um, I think that once we start talking about playoff expansion, we're talking about including more teams that, in my opinion, they really don't deserve to be there. When you look back sometimes, because once once you start talking about expanding playoffs, you're probably talking about um, automatic bids for the Power 5 schools. Um, you know, and then if there are other contenders from smaller conferences, you might throw them in. You might uh, double up on some schools uh, from some of the Power Five conferences. But just because you're Power Five uh, conference champion, in my opinion, doesn't mean that you deserve a college football playoff spot. Look no further than um, the Washington. It was either last year or the year before. They they were the Pac uh, Pac Twelve champs and they had three losses. I, I'm trying to, A, protect athletes against playing, you know, additional unnecessary games. We know that injuries are already a huge part of the sport. I, I'm not a big fan of extending um, extending college football playoffs because I think it's going to lead to more injuries. And I also don't uh, necessarily think that expanding college football playoffs is going to create a more entertaining product for the fan base either. Now, Ben, here's what I would say. There's the argument, because I always make the argument, and this doesn't necessarily apply this year, right, because Alabama didn't make the playoffs, but I'm always like, do you want to give Alabama more opportunities to be in? Because everybody hates Alabama. They hate the SEC. Do you really want to give Alabama more chances to be in? And the argument people have made to me is, well, the way I look at it, Daryl, if you put if you put uh, if Alabama still gets in, there's more teams that can beat Alabama. So why not? What would you say to that argument? Well, I I think that people that don't like Alabama and feel that oh, if we add more teams in, that's more opportunities to beat them. I, I think they're wrong about that. I mean, I I think anytime you give Alabama an opportunity, they're dangerous. You look no further than when they um, made it into the college football playoff with one loss, even though they didn't play in the SEC championship game. They still managed to get in, and they ran the table once they were in. I think they're a dangerous team year after year. If you don't like Alabama, I have nothing against them, but if you don't like them, chances are you um, you probably, you know, you're not really getting anywhere, I don't think, by expanding the college football playoff. I think it's Probably more detrimental than Alabama, actually, if you keep the football playoff at four. And it's also really interesting, too, because I'll also talk about this. And this will get into my next question, too, about Oklahoma. But if you look at it, the last couple years, and I believe really the only couple times a four seed has been competitive has been Ohio State the year they won and Alabama the year, uh, I believe they won it that year. But other times, where we're looking at, Alabama plays Washington. They demolish Washington. Oklahoma versus Alabama last year. Embarrassment. Oklahoma versus LSU this year. Joe yeah, Burrows threw seven touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> a, a, a nasty uh, Alabama versus Michigan State game a few years ago. 
that I think Alabama won like 59-0. You know, I mean, and, and I just look at all of that, Daryl, and I think who wants to watch more of that as a fan? Fans deserve good games. Fans deserve games like Ohio State versus Clemson uh, between two, you know, top-level programs. When it comes to the college football playoffs, you know, I, I definitely think the other teams, if you won, um, you know, enough games, you should deserve to have that um, opportunity to play in a bowl game. I like that they do that. Um, but let's keep the college football playoffs uh, short, sweet, and to the point. Now, Ben, Oklahoma got embarrassed. Uh, Joe Burrows tore him apart. They had like 40 points at, at half. It, it was awful. Uh you know, I, I stopped watching the game, right? And I love sports and I love football, but I stopped watching the game. And at halftime, I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to take a quick nap. And then Clemson, Ohio State is going to come on. And I'll be ready to stay up the rest of the night. <laughs> and then uh, my cousin comes over, right? And he's like, oh, Daryl, you're in your room. And I was like, yeah, I was just sleeping because there was nothing to watch. Uh, <laughs> that's what I told him. I, I definitely get where you're coming from on that. Because I was like, we all know Burroughs is very good. We know what LSU does, and we know what Oklahoma is. I don't need to watch anything. I don't need to I was fine. I was like, I've already gotten all the information from the game I personally needed. But here's what I would say. This has happened a couple of times to Oklahoma. They got blown out last year by Alabama. Uh, they lost a couple years ago. It was closer with uh, Baker Mayfield and triple overtime, whatever it was. And I believe they lost another year to Clemson. They lose every time. Should we stop letting Oklahoma in the college football playoffs? Well, this year, uh, I don't think uh, we really had a choice. You know, if um, if Utah had been able to come up with a win or, you know, if we were looking at another team, maybe even a team that wasn't a conference champion that only had one loss. You know, if, if there's been another alternative, I actually don't think Oklahoma would have done. Uh, but... Since there wasn't an alternative, I think they kind of got in by default. I certainly think that um, to some degree, you know, the college football uh, committee uh, should be trying to figure out playoff teams in part based on that, on past history. And I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback on that, but I think it matters. You know, if your team went to the college football playoffs and they got blown out, the year before, and you have another um, opportunity to put another team in there that maybe hasn't had a shot, I say go with the other team. But I, you know, I, I certainly think you got to stand behind putting the Sooners in this year because really there, there was nobody else you couldn't really put in instead. And is it possible, Ben, that maybe for this year specifically, we shouldn't hate too much in Oklahoma? Because this is the, the one devil's advocate argument I would give. Whoever got that fourth spot was going to get blown out. Unless it was Alabama. Like, that that's the only other team that was left. To, Alabama with the healthy Tua would not have gotten blown out. But besides that, every other team was going to get blown out. Right. Well, LSU is very elite this year. I think we might be looking at... You know, one of the one of the best college football teams that we've probably seen in the last decade. Um, I'm not sure that I'm willing to call them the best, but they've got to be up there for sure. I mean, they're up there right along with that Ohio State team that we were talking about a little while ago. Uh, they came in as the number four seed and ran the table. Um, by the way, they were competing all through the playoffs with a third-string quarterback in Ezekiel Elliott. 
uh, and still managed to uh, get the job done. You know, so that's a real testament to just how good they were. Um, but I, I think LSU this year, I mean, it's one of the best teams I think I've ever seen in, in college football. So I would give Oklahoma a little bit of a pass on this one. But, you know, the losses are starting to mount year after year, and I, I'd be a little bit concerned about that if I would the NCAA. Okay, now my dad told me this after the game. My dad was like, Daryl, it's like they were paying Jalen Hurts not to play well. He was lost, days confused, didn't know what to do. Does that game hurt Jalen Hurts as a draft prospect for you, Ben? No, because I'm giving Jalen a pass on it, man. I mean, like I said, LSU was just so elite, and I, I think Oklahoma lost for a lot of reasons, and, you know, Jalen Hurts might only be a small reason why they lost in the grand scheme of things. People can say what they want. I mean, I know Oklahoma has some talent offensively. CeeDee Lamb is a very good wide receiver, but when you, when you look, I mean, LSU just had more elite offensive weaponry than Oklahoma had. Now, what I do want to ask you now, too, is, right, people have been linking Lincoln Riley to the Cowboys Seems like he, the whole year now. He's been linked to the NFL for a couple of years. Everybody talks about how he's like the next guy in college football. Lincoln Riley might be able to coach offense and produce offensive numbers, but as a as a coach, he pays no attention to the defensive side of the ball, and that would worry me if he was going to be that coach of a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think he should be being considered for an NFL coaching job when his team gets blown out in the college football playoffs? But not only that, they're so awful on defense. I think he's okay to go out and, and try for an NFL job at this point in time. I'm not sure whether the Dallas Cowboys is going to be the fit for him or not. Although, you know, I keep hearing the noise that he's being linked to that job as well. I'm not sure the Cowboys, number one, I'm not even sure they're willing to give up on Jason Garrett yet. That remains to be seen. I know you know, there's a lot of speculation about that. Um, but we have to remember, uh, Jason Garrett has a winning record. You know, so that's something. And it's not, you know, by a couple wins. I think he's about, you know, plus 20 in that category. Uh, so just as a side note, I think that there'll be plenty of teams in line to pick Jason Garrett up if the Cowboys release him. Uh, as far as Lincoln uh, to Dallas goes, I think that um, I think he should do it if it's offered to him. Um, I, I kind of, you know, changed my mind on that a little bit. I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get over this hump in Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, I think that's concerning. And I think right now, as far as he goes and his opportunities go, there might not be a better time for him to pack it up and leave now. Because um, I think his stock is really high. And I do see him uh, to Dallas at kind of like I see Sean McVay to the Rams. I think they'll be okay, but if he's going to be the head coach, they need to get uh, somebody along the lines of a Wade Phillips kind of talent to be a defensive coordinator. Honestly, um, a really intriguing option that I see is uh, the possibility of Lincoln Riley wouldn't be like a Rex Ryan or somebody like that. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Now, Ben, where I want to go now, the other college football semifinal game we saw, Clemson versus Ohio State. Ben, 
for as awful, as awful as LSU and Oklahoma was, Clemson-Ohio State made up for it. That was one hell of a college football game. You've been watching college football a whole lot, hell of a longer than I have. Is that the best college football game you've ever seen? Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I was getting excited. People can get excited about Joe Burrows. I'm trying to tell you, Ben. Trevor Lawrence is the crown jewel. It ain't Tua. It ain't Joe Burrows. It's not just the field. It's Trevor Lawrence. How good can Trevor Lawrence be? Did you see that 70-yard run he had? He ran away from the Ohio State defenders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw it. Um, I, you know, I think um, right now, as I look around at all the college prospects, Trevor Lawrence, to me, is head and shoulders the best quarterback. I've seen enough of it. I mean, I've seen enough of him now where you can't doubt it anymore. You know, I can't deny it. Um, I think he's he's elevated himself um, to that status as the best. He came out of high school. He hasn't lost a college football game so far. When he played against Ohio State, that was... The first time I think he was taking snaps where he was behind in his college career. I mean, this guy's outstanding, and just the the throws he makes, the way he can run—he's really, really big, uh, hard to hard to bring down. I'll tell you. I mean, if I had the number one pick, and you know, it was like Trevor Lawrence, you know. Uh, to attack Aurora and Joe Burrow, I, I would choose Trevor Lawrence to help you right now. Clemson versus LSU. If Ohio State Clemson was this good, Ben, I am salivating at the mouth to wonder what is going to happen when LSU plays Clemson. What are your predictions for the game? I think this is the one game where LSU is not going to be able to blow somebody out. I think Clemson is going to bring enough pressure on the defense. 
to really get after Joe Burrow a little bit. And I think we're going to run a little bit more about Burrow um, and what kinds of plays he's able to make when he's under that duress and under that pressure. I will um, go ahead and take LSU, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm thinking maybe we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of a 35-31 final score. I still think LSU has more offensive weapons, but I actually like Trevor Lawrence more than Joe Burrow, and I think I like Dabo Sweeney more than Coach L at this point, even though he's done an outstanding job this year. Now, Ben, I do want to ask you this, right? I'm going to talk to you about Alabama. Uh, I think I've mentioned to you uh, before about Nick Saban. Nick Saban should leave. And, and, and here, I'm going to make my final case to you on this, okay, Ben? Hear me out. Nick Saban has done everything you can imagine, right? He, he's been in the NFL. He's been an NFL coach. He's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's been a head coach. He's won a national championship at LSU. He started a dynasty in Alabama. What is the one thing he has yet to do? He's an ambitious man. And what most ambitious men want to do, they want to prove people wrong. They want to do something different. He's like 67 years old, almost 70. Why not try his hand at the NFL for one last hurrah? Right now in college football, this could be very well be the Dabo Sweeney era. We don't know if Ed Orgeron will be able to continue what's going on in LSU right now because what's going on in LSU is special. And Dabo Sweeney could be the guy now in college football. Could this be the right time, especially if a guy like Tua leaves? Could this be the right time for Nick Saban to leave and go to a Dallas or go to a Cleveland? is important to Nick Saban. I'm not sure if we'll ever own up to that publicly, but I think it's important to him. I think if he was to go back to the NFL and, you know, ultimately I'm I'm saying that for um, for the sake of your entertainment at this point in time, because I don't think it's likely to happen. But if he did, if we um, went out on a limb and said, okay, yeah, we think that Nick will go back to the NFL, I don't, I don't like Cleveland or Dallas for him. In fact, I don't know a job right now that's available that I, that I like for him. Cleveland is a very dysfunctional franchise. I'm not high on Baker Mayfield at this point in time. I'm not real high on Odell Beckham Jr. either. And then you got character issues with Miles Garrett potentially on the defensive side of the football. And I... Sean Dorsey, the general manager, um, has really, you know, he hasn't managed to really accomplish much of anything. I think he'd be walking into a disaster in Cleveland. And then in Dallas, I'm not seeing it work out either because you kind of have to count out of Jerry Jones' wishes if you go to Dallas. And I think that Nick Saban wants to do everything his way. So I'm just... Okay, Ben, I'll let I you. Don't okay, Ben, I'll let you. I'll let you have that. Okay, Nick Saban stays in Alabama. But what about this, Tua? Now, the, and I think this is kind of crazy and out, even outlandish. Adam Schefter, who I have a lot of respect for, and I think if he reports something that it's it's very real, and he's talking about Tua could potentially stay. I do not understand this. This is crazy, but it makes me think a part of him wants to stay. And Damian Woody made a fabulous point. I think people need to pay attention to. If you're really thinking about staying this hard, you should probably stay. Now, 
What do you think is going on with Tua? Do you think Tua will actually come back to Alabama for his senior year? I'm going to say yes, as shocking as that's going to sound. From what I've heard, there's still no timetable on his recovery and his return to football. That being said, I think it, it, it takes a lot of that pressure off of him. If he goes to the NFL right now, I think there's going to be more pressure on him to play immediately. I also think there's really one last thing that he hasn't truly accomplished. He hasn't started the season from start to finish and, and, and had an opportunity to win a national title. We know that he came in and relieved um, Jalen Hurts in the second half of that national title game against Georgia a couple years ago, but he has not done it from start to finish himself. I think that if he decides to come back to Alabama, he probably has that on his mind. If, if you do come back, you know, uh, chances are you're gonna, gonna have uh, an opportunity to get into that college football playoff too because Joe Burrow will not be returning to NSU and we'll have plenty of other players, I'm sure, in the NFL draft as well. And Jake Fromm will not be returning to Georgia either from what I understand. So, you know, that, that should uh, make things pretty pretty clear-cut in the SEC. Not that I'm betting against my Aggies, but I just don't think they're on Alabama's level quite yet. Now, Ben, I want to talk to you about some NFL football really quickly. Playoffs. Playoffs. Saturday, Sunday. Tell me who you got. So, let's start with this. Let's start with my Buffalo Bills. Bills, Texans, who you got? I'm going with the Texans 20-17. to 17. Oh, I, I, Ben, I disagree with you. I, I think Buffalo's going to be seeing Baltimore in the second round, and I think the Ravens are going to have some problems with the Bills. Well, it could be. I'll give the Bills this. I think they're going to win those matchups in the trenches. I think Buffalo is a more physical team. I'm going with the Texans because I think Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback right now. I think Bill O'Brien is probably the better coach, only just slightly. And, you know, you got um, DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably the best um, offensive skill player on either uh, team right now. And then, you know, also they're playing at home in Houston, so that's why I give them the tilt slightly. Patriots versus Titans. Ben, I said this earlier earlier in the show. Nobody thought the Titanic would sink, and then guess what? It sank, and then they were playing at the end of the movie, the violin on Nearer to God, I think. Nearer to God, to thee, or whatever. And it's all sink and can crashing down in the bottom of the Atlantic, and it just happened. And I kind of think that's what could happen to New England, to New England, is there a chance that Derrick Henry just runs all over and Ryan Tannehill throws a party on the Patriots, Brady throws four picks, and that's the end of the dynasty? I don't think so, but the dynasty is ending. I'm going to England, being 20 in this game. I think it, it's, it's going to be cold. The weather conditions are probably going to be pretty nasty. We're talking about Foxborough in January. And I will go out on a bold limb here. And I'll say that their running backs are probably going to have to compile somewhere around 150 to 200 yards of 
of rushing in order to win the game. I think they'll find a way to do that. I think the defense for New England is going to get a couple picks. And I think this is actually going to be Tom Brady's last game in Gillette Stadium. Ooh, okay. Now. And I think he wins on the way out. Okay. Now, Saints versus Vikings. Probably the best game all weekend, I think. <laughs> what comes to mind first? I think the Saints are on a mission, Daryl. They're feeling like, hey, they they got the short end of the stick the last couple of years in the playoffs with the Minnesota Miracle, and then last year with that blow officiating call. I'm taking the Saints in this one. I, I'm thinking that they're going to win somewhere in the neighborhood of about um, 31 or 35-31. Now, Eagles versus Seahawks. Who you got, Ben? I, I Ben, <laughs> who you got? I got Seattle, Daryl. I think this is probably going to be the biggest blowout of of the of the weekend. You know, I'm going to go with Seattle, thirty-five, Philadelphia, twenty-two. I I just like Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. A little bit more than, than uh, Peterson and Wentz. Wentz may be a very good quarterback, but I think what people forget about him is in playoff games, he's relatively unproven. I don't think he's ever won a playoff game. And when you look around, both of these teams are beaten up. Philadelphia in particular, really no viable wide receivers. Seahawks have some wideouts still available. And I, I, I like Marshawn Lynch good enough. I think Marshawn's going to be pretty effective running the football. And I think he'll lead the team in rushing. And Ben, I never asked you about that. How do you feel about Beastman being back, the Seattle fan that you are? I wouldn't want him back, I don't think, for an entire season. <laughs> but I like, what, I, like what I'm, I like what they did here. And I like what, what they did because I was feeling the last time that he was in Seattle, like, like he had just been worn down, man. And you could just tell he wasn't running the same way anymore. You know, the, the age and the hits, there's something to get to him. But I, I really like bringing him back at the end of the season. He looks like he's in relatively good shape. He hasn't had all that wear and tear on his body this season. And he's coming in fresh at the right time. And I also think with, with Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, that other guys on the team can feel this energy off of him. And I think he's the kind of guy that makes the entire team play harder. And I think that's going to be the Seattle's benefit. He's a tone setter. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the show and br- having that breaking news. You're going to be a dad. <laughs> Hey, no problem, Daryl. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, I feel special. Woj couldn't have reported that or uh, Adam Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Ben. Yeah, no problem, Daryl. Good to talk with you. And coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to tell you how my predictions at the beginning of the year for the playoffs turned out now, and I'm going to give you the percentages. I'm going to self-scout and put myself out there for where I was right and where I was wrong. 
Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of Sports Squabbler Podcast, for coming on. Uh, I appreciate that breaking news Ben gave us. He's going to be a dad, right? See, Adrian Wojnarowski can't can't report that. Adam Schefter can't report that. Stephen A. Smith can't report that. Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, whoever you want to name, whatever pundits out there. Mark Stein, Bill Simmons. But Ben Karen can report that information, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine ESPN breaking news. Ben Karen is having a child. His wife is in labor, right? Wouldn't that be something? That, that would mean Woj really has some good inside sources, right? That would mean Woj has some fabulous sources. But once again, I want to thank Ben. It's a blessing to him and his family. And I uh, always appreciate him coming on the show and talking ball with Ben. So here I decided we're going to do some self-scouting. Going to go back, right? Uh, beginning of the year, I believe it was episode 99, uh, me and Jason had our NFL preview, and we went division by division winners uh, and who we had making the playoffs. Now I'm going to tell you the teams I had, and then I'm going to give you the percentages of where I was. And it wasn't too great, right? There's a couple things I'm going to take immense credit for, right? But first, I'm going to do a little self-scouting. Okay, so here's where we're going to start. Looking back, here were the division winners I picked in the AFC. For the AFC East, I had the Patriots winning. AFC West, I had the Chiefs winning. AFC North, I had the Steelers winning. And AFC South, I had the Jaguars winning. Now, here's how it actually played out for the AFC East. The Patriots won. I was right. Ding, 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 right? AFC West had the Chiefs winning. Ding, ding, ding. And then here's where it goes bad. AFC North, the Ravens. Now, here's what I'll say. You you out there didn't predict Lamar would have this great season. Because if you told me Lamar was going to play this well, then of course I would have the Ravens winning. So I'm going to say, you know, that that's different, right? I'm going to give myself a little credit, but I'm going to say I was wrong on that. And the Texans and the Jaguars, I had the, the Texans ended up winning. I picked the Jaguars. I just whipped on the Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey got traded. Doug Marone, you know, probably isn't the guy there. Probably going to get fired in the next couple of years. Just well, was a bad pick. So I was 50% on the AFC division winners. Not bad. Now division winners for the NFC. For the NFC North, I had the Bears. For the NFC West, I had the Rams. For the NFC South, I had the Falcons. And for the NFC East, I had the Cowboys. Now, here's how it actually played out. NFC North, the Packers won. NFC West, the 49ers won. NFC South, the Saints won. And the NFC East, the Eagles won. My my percentage for this is 0%. I got these all wrong. The NFC is obviously the way tougher conference. Um... Packers, I Packers, I was just wrong. I was just wrong, and I keep betting again. Like I said, I always bet against Drew Brees to fall off a cliff, right? That's been my theme. I said I won't bet against Tom Brady to fall off a cliff, but Drew Brees has to be it. Thought the Cowboys would win the division. Was wrong. The Eagles did. 49ers had a great season. Uh, the kind of they had the season I kind of expected the Rams to have, and the Packers were a lot better than I thought. So zero percent. Now total for division winners. I was 25% in total. I only got two right. Wah, wah, wah. Now let's go for the playoffs. AFC. Now these are the six teams I had in the playoffs. Patriots, Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Steelers, Jaguars. And now here's how the actual AFC playoffs is going now. Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Bills, Texans. 
So that gives me a percentage of 33%. Not the best. Not the best. See, the Browns, the Browns killed me. My wild cards. The Browns killed me, and the Raiders had a chance. The Raiders started out the season pretty well, but they ended up, you know, diving down. I think next year they'll probably be a playoff team. Well, the Raiders, to me, weren't a bad pick. The Browns... I should have realized. They're, they're, they're the Browns. You know, I go to John Carroll. I got kind of caught up in the Cleveland hype. So, my prediction for the NFC. We're going to go to the NFC now. I had the Falcons, Cowboys, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and Bears in the playoffs. And I remember a pet peeve of mine was, too. I had three NFC West teams making the playoffs. I had the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Rams. Now, that ended up being almost right. 49ers and Seahawks made it. And I always told people the 49ers are my surprise team. I told people that at the beginning of the year, and that is the third straight year I've been right about a surprise NFL team. Three years ago was the Rams. Last year was the Bears. This year is the 49ers. I've been right on those three the last couple years, right? So always can count on that, that I can always pick out that one surprising team that's going to really play above their level because nobody expected the 49ers to do this. Now, here's how the... NFC playoffs actually uh, ended up playing out. 49ers, Saints, Packers, Vikings, Seahawks, Eagles. I got 33% on that. Almost could have had three NFC West teams in, by the way. The Rams, just on the outside looking in, they were a nip-and-tuck game against the 49ers on week 16, I believe, for, for making it right. Really tough. Now we're going to go to my total playoff percentage. It's 33%. So for the most part, I whiffed on these picks. Uh, it's always hard to get these picks right. I always try to have a mix of teams that you think are going to make it, and you never know how things are going to turn out. Like, who knew that Lamar would have this MVP historic season, arguably the greatest quarterback season of all time? Who would know that Baker Mayfield would regress as much as he did? I had the Steelers making it. Who would know that Ben Roethlisberger, you know, hurts his elbow and is out? Like, you know, there's a lot of things that, also, the Titans are making it. Ryan Tannehill is going to come back from the ashes and play extraordinary football the last uh, uh, half of the season. Like, like, you know, some of this stuff you can't predict. Uh, and which is why I love the NFL, which is why it's one of my favorite sports, and which is why I love Sundays, right? Because the unpredictability is so fun. And it's always fun trying to get all this right. But I was wrong. And I'm going to admit that and show it to you guys. Now, what we're going to do, too, I will promise you this, because I did this with Jason. I'm going to look back at Jason's answers and... Next time Jason comes on the podcast, right, I'm going to uh, show Jason his answers. I'm going to see how Jason feels about it because Jason whipped on a couple too. I think I remember he had the Panthers making it to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so it'll be fun to mess with Jason with that. Now, I'm going to give you my predictions. So, Bills versus Texans, right? Playoffs. Playoff time. The final 12 teams, right? Bills versus Texans. See, I, I go back and forth on this, and I was thoroughly thinking about this last night, and Ben was right. The Bills are more physical at the line of scrimmage. I think the Bills are physically tougher than the Texans. I think Tredavious White can cause, can, can guard and shadow DeAndre Hopkins. But Deshaun Watson is so freaking clutch, man. Deshaun Watson, I'll never forget I told you this, right? Played against Alabama. I saw him take hit after hit and get back up and make shot and make throws. He did it against the Saints. Remember that, that great game on Monday Night Football, him versus Drew Brees, that fantastic duel? 
the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is going to find a way to win. And it's going to be a hell of a game. It is going to be a hell of a game. And nothing wrong with the Bills. The Bills are my hometown team. I love the Bills. I did not pick the Bills to make the playoffs, and they proved me wrong. And part of the reason why I don't do this, and I, and I tell people this, I don't like to get my heart broken, right? I don't like to get disappointed. So I usually set myself up for no expectations with stuff like this when it comes to rooting for sports teams. Uh, so that's why I kind of try to be heartless in that regard when it comes to rooting for teams like the Bills, who I really love, and even the Lakers to an extent. Like, I, I just keep that emotional side out of it because if I invest all that in it like that emotionally, I'm going to get hurt, and I, and I don't like to be aggravated because it's not going to be handled the right way. So I'm going to pick the Texans, but I want the Bills to win. Patriots versus Titans. I already said it. Titans. Derrick Henry's going to run over this defense. Ryan Tannehill's going to play really well. And you might say, oh my God, Ryan Tannehill, they can't do it. They can't go into Foxborough, Massachusetts and beat Brady and Belichick. Well, you want to know who came into Foxborough, Massachusetts and beat Brady and Belichick? Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan. Right? When the Patriots were 14-2. and two. And had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez and Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, by the way. <laughs> they went in and they beat the Patriots. So why can't the Titans do it to this Patriots team with an old Edelman, Edelman with no Gronk, with no Hernandez? I got the Titans. Saints versus Vikings. People were saying, Ben said this, this could be the best game of the weekend. No, Kirk Cousins does not play well against elite competition. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, the Saints, they are elite. I think the Saints will win by at least 10 points. Seahawks versus Eagles. I think the Seahawks are a better team. I think the Eagles are at home. They'll give them a little bit of an edge. I think we're going to see a really good Carson Wentz game. But I think at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is going to outdo them. So I got the Seahawks winning. And that's it for my playoff predictions for the wild card weekend. We'll see. And you know what? We can do this again. We can do percentages again of where I was right, where I was wrong on the game. Now, cut them next. After the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to give you guys an interesting theory before I leave. Cut them next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. It's like a what the F bro moment, right? Like, what are you doing? Then Kuzma tweets, says a spade is a spade. Kind of endorsing what his trainer said right after. Then Kuzma deletes the tweet, which kind of then shows that he knew what he did was wrong. We don't People don't know whether it was he meant to do it or he didn't or it was in that context. Or it was just right after the trainer's comments. Or maybe somebody probably got to him and said, delete that bro. And he deleted it. LeBron James then is asked by the media, and he says, you know, people just use my name for clout chasing, uh, to have no hard feelings. And now there's a report, though. Kyle Kuzma, teams are looking at Kyle Kuzma. You know why teams are now, there's this report right after this, that teams are now looking at Kyle Kuzma? Because LeBron isn't happy. And, and it's similar, right? And I was telling my mom this. You know what? What they say? If mom's not happy, nobody's happy. And if dad's not happy, nobody really cares. <laughs> If LeBron's not happy, nobody's happy. If Kuzma's not happy, nobody cares. Kuzma's going to get thrown out the house. 
and I believe that trade talks could potentially happen. The Lakers have been talking about upgrading anyway, and maybe finding more of a perimeter defender that they can have to throw at a guy like a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George and the inevitable playoff series they do have with the Los Angeles Clippers, whether it be the conference semis or the conference finals. So that's my theory. Kyle Kuzma's going to get traded now. Kyle Kuzma's going to get traded now because he poked the bear. He pissed off the guy. You can't piss off the guy, right? That's why he's the guy. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, the 116th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Once again, congrats to Ben Carroll on having, is going to have a child coming up. I forgot to ask whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. But that's going to, in expecting in July, I'm a July baby too, <laughs> right? It'll be great. Uh, also, want to thank Ben for coming on the show. And thank you for listening to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.